0: I'm excited to be uh, speaking today. For those who don't know me, my name is uh, Pastor Manny Rosario. I'm executive pastor of operations here at the church. And uh, what a journey it's been uh, these last few months. 2020 has surely been an interesting year. How many can say amen to that? And uh, we, we believe that we're going to come out of this so much stronger. We believe that God's going to take this and turn it around. And we sensed it even in the atmosphere today as we praised and as we worshiped God. that. Um, as we release that praise, there was also a release from heaven into this place. And I believe that we're gonna leave this place so much stronger, we're gonna leave this place so much better because once we've given our worship to God, God is ready to release a word to us. That's the beauty of coming together, whether you're watching online or even being here right now, that there's an exchange every time there is a gathering where people come to worship God. And it's that as we give our sacrifice of praise to God, then God is ready to exchange and give a word to us. So I believe as we've given our worship to God, now God's ready to release a word into his people In this place, and though for those that are watching online, so I want to lift up a prayer for that right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we come before you. We bless you, and now, God, as we go from worship to word, I ask you, God, that you use this time and that you use the words that you've given me, God, to inspire and to bring transformation to people by way of your Holy Spirit. Let every mind be open. Let every ear be open. Let every heart be open to receive this word for those that are here and for those that are watching online and for those that are watching on TV. In the name. Of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. "Come on!" Everybody said, Amen. "All right." So last time I spoke, this room was empty, and I missed the feedback. I missed hearing people praise. I am so glad we have an audience. I really am. I am. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm ready to preach and I'm ready to teach. And I don't mind if you say, "Come on, Pastor." I don't mind if you say, mm mm," that's good. All of that just feeds me, so I can just continue to bring the word of God today. Amen. Pastor Ed and Jody, I know you're watching. We just want to say we miss you. We love you. Can't wait to see you next week. Church, can we give a hand clap of thanks for our pastors, our lead pastors, Pastor Ed and Jody. Pastor Ed has been leading us through this series called Flight Plan. We started it last week and I'm excited to continue in that series today. And today we're going to speak about how we should have hope in the holding pattern how we should have hope in the holding pattern. If you've ever been on a flight, it's most likely that you have been in a holding pattern, right? Have you ever been on one where you've arrived to your destination and you're beginning to descend, but all of a sudden the pilot comes on and says, "Uh, folks, we have a bit of a delay. We're going to be put on a holding pattern until traffic control could give us a gate. And holding patterns are basically a time where you will circle in the air until traffic control gives time or gives clearance for the plane to land. I believe that for many of us, we've been in seasons where we feel like we're ready to land, that we're ready to arrive, that we're ready to get to our destination, but for whatever reason, people are not ready to receive us So we're put in this circle of holding patterns. And sometimes it can feel like things don't make sense. Sometimes it can feel like things ain't working together. But God is actually getting everything ready for your arrival. So that's what we want to speak today about. We want to speak about how we can learn how to wait well. I did some research about holding patterns. uh, And in doing so, I looked up what the Federal Aviation administration said about the holding patterns, and this is what I found out. I found out, found out that there's 44,000 flights per day in the U.S. alone, that there's over 5,000 flights in the air in peak times, that there's over 15,000 air traffic control personnel handling the flights that are coming in and the flights that are coming out, that there's over 2.7 million passengers that fly every day through air travel, and that there's over 1 billion passengers that fly per year. I want to show you this graphic, if we have it, of traffic control. I want to show you how much uh, happens all around the globe. You see, there's traffic going on back and forth all around the globe of flights that are going back and forth. And I noticed this. I noticed, do you see that? Does that distract you at all? Does that concern you at all? See that called to my attention because uh, uh, if there's that many people flying, there is people making sure that those flights arrive. But I was taking it a little deeper as I was praying and planning for this message because I believe that there's a God, the true God, that knows all of our arrival times, that knows when we're called to be when we're called to arrive to a place, and that He's in control of all of it at the same time, that while you're sitting here, there's somebody three seats away from you that has a different arrival time than you do, but God has all of it under control. You see, I was looking up some more research. I did a lot of research this week, by the way. And I found out that airlines are tracked and are rated by on-time arrivals. So I want to give you some arrival percentages for each airline. Hawaiian Airlines arrives 87% of the time. Delta Airlines arrives 83% of the time. Can you believe that? Alaska Airlines arrives 81.49% of the time. Spirit Airlines, that's expected, 79.42% of the time. Southwest Airlines, 79.4% of the time. Allegiant Air, 78% of the time. American Airlines, 77% uh, percent on time. United Airlines, 76% on time. JetBlue Airways, 73%. Percent on time, but I have good news for you when it comes to your destination, when it comes to your destiny, when it comes to where God is taking you and I. That although you've ordered and you've tried to plan your steps, God has ordained your steps and He knows when you're gonna arrive to a place. I have some good news. I have some good news. God's been handling our air travel for decades, for centuries. Hallelujah! And can I tell you this that He's never early. Can I tell you this, that he's never late. Can I tell you this, that God always makes sure that you and I arrive on time. Hallelujah. It may seem like a delay to you, but for God's timing and God's Kairos, you are about to arrive to the place that God wants you to arrive when he wants you to arrive. See, God doesn't work according to our chronos, according to the times of this world. God works according to open windows called kairos, hallelujah, Hallelujah! which is divine timing for the arrival of where God is trying to take you. And you may be in a season right now, and you're watching me right now, and you're saying, but I feel like things ain't working out in my favor. But I feel like things ain't going to work out in my favor, and I feel like God is holding me back. Can I tell you that He's actually setting you up to take you into a deeper place? Hallelujah. That's going to take you further than you ever thought before. Somebody release a praise in this place if you believe it with me. It's a holding pattern. So I realize that I may not be able to speak to everyone in this room, but I want to speak to people that have been on a flight of life and you have not arrived yet. I want to speak to people that may feel that they're in a season right now where you have not arrived yet and that your inner self is saying, But I'm ready you haven't arrived yet. But I'm ready for the relationship, but there's nobody coming. But I'm ready for that job, but nobody's calling you back. I'm ready to start my business, but nobody's buying from me. And God wants to tell you the reason it hasn't happened yet is because you're in a holding pattern. And the holding pattern is only going to make you so much better. See, God's perfect timing does two things for us. Number one, it grows our faith as we are forced to wait and trust in God. Number two, it makes certain that he and he alone gets the glory and the praise of pulling us through. You see, if you get there when you want to get there, you get the glory. But God will always make sure to hold you back so that when it happens, you can't say you did it. You can't say that mama did it. You can't say that daddy did it. You can only say only by the grace of God is it that I made it to where I'm at today. I think about the people that were just up here. I think about Natalie. And I think about all these other people. My son was up there as well. How many times when people are ready to receive that diploma or that, that, that degree, emotions begin to just stir up. Right? And the reason that the emotions stir up is because you worked to get to where you are. See, if it, you didn't have to sacrifice anything, it wouldn't hurt you. If you didn't have to sacrifice anything, it wouldn't weigh anything. But the fact that when you're walking up those steps, all of a sudden, you get weak knees. <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, God, hallelujah. I thank you, Jesus, because I'm about to get my diploma. And you're thanking God. It's because you know he brought you through those two years, or those four years, or those six years, or those eight years of education that's what God wants to teach us today I want to take you to first Samuel chapter 22 because we want to talk today about a man named David see one of my favorite characters in the Bible is David maybe I can relate to David because David was a musician and David was a warrior David was a poet David was captain of the army David later became king and in many ways, David, I can relate to David because I'm a musician and I like to sing sometimes. But I also like to lead and I lo- love to go into spiritual warfare and I love to lead people. So there's so many correlations for me in all of that. And I believe that not just in the correlations of talents and giftings, but also in life. I, I see how David went through highs and David went through lows. I see how David went through mountaintops and David went through valleys. I see how David had shortfalls. And he showed his humanity. It lets me know that if it's written in the inspired word of God, that people can fail and still get back up. It lets me know that I can mess up. And I can fail. But I can wipe off my knees and wipe off my shoulders. And I can get back up again by the grace of God. Because we're sitting in the Grace abounds even more. And I can stand by God's grace. Somebody say amen to that today. But I'm inspired by David because David was anointed as king as a child, but wouldn't see the fulfillment of that call till he was much older. I'm inspired by David because he was disqualified by men, but qualified by God. I'm inspired by David because he defeated a giant nobody wanted to face. He was underqualified to even face this champion. I'm inspired by David because he becomes lead musician and also captain in the palace of Saul. I'm inspired by David because he was not only son-in-law to the king, but he was the musician of the king. And the king would later on have jealousy against David. And because of that jealousy, it would cause David to flee into the wilderness, where he would spend 13 years of his life running from a king. Running from the man that brought him to the palace. Running away from what could happen to him. And he was a man full of rejection, because even when he was called and anointed, his father did not call him to the house. He's full of rejection because the king, after he brings him into the palace, now is being rejected by the king that gave him the job. He would later be rejected by his wife as well. He would then go on, after being king, to be rejected by his son. He would go through a life of rejection, but in all of this, be accepted by God. So you see, that that calls my attention because how can you be dysfunctional in life but be functional to God? I'm trying to help somebody. How is it that life can be dysfunctional, but even in the dysfunction, God can use it so that you can be functional for God? See, I've noticed that that people with messed up lives is the people that God often uses because they become functional through grace for God to use them in the season that they're in. And you may be saying, but God can't use this. God can't use me. You don't know my past, Pastor Manny. You don't know where I came from. Can I tell you, you are in good company. You are in great company. Because God used people just like you and I that disqualified, and he qualifies us. You see, God never chooses the qualified. He qualifies those he chooses. And it's good to know that the person sitting three seats from you, God chose. And if you look at yourself with your beautiful mask, he chose you too. He has chosen every single one of us to do a great work right here on earth. So I want to take you into this. And I believe that God wants to use what you've gone through. God wants to use this current season that we're in to show us how holding patterns can actually prepare us for a greater purpose. So I want to take you to point number one. You see, David runs to the cave of Adalom. And in chapter 22, verses 1 through 5, we see a pattern where in David's running, David will go and be prepared. See, point number one is this. God will often hide you to prepare you. God will often hide you to prepare you. If you're watching online, we want you to put that down in the comments and just put there, God is hiding me to prepare me. See, I've noticed in my own life how God will often hide me to prepare me. It's in those hidden places that nobody sees you that God is actually getting you ready for your next season. See, I grew up in church, and um, as a teenager, I asked my pastor, uh, my pastor, and I said, Pastor, I would like keys to the church. I'd like keys for the church because I'd love to go into the church and vacuum and mop and clean up the church so that when Sunday morning comes, the church smells good and the people are ready to worship. So he gave me a key to the church, and it was a small church in South Orlando over by Boggy Creek Road, still there today. And uh, my dad founded the church. This pastor would later on uh, come in and uh, continue with the church. And so he gave me the key, and I would go into the church, I would pass the vacuum, I would mop the floors, I would sweep the floors, but once that was all over, I would go to the PA system and I would turn it on. I would go to the mic and I would do test one, two, three. And I would begin to preach in an empty room. Now, I wasn't alone because I took First Lady Mrs. Mop and I would put her right there in the front row. And I would take Bob the broom and I would put him right next to Mrs. Mop. And Victor the vacuum would stand right there. He, would, he was just firm. He was a sturdy guy. You know, he'd just stay right there. And I would preach my message all alone in that church to Mrs. Mop, <laughs> to Mr. Broom, and Mr. Vacuum. And I would holler, and I would preach, and I would go all in. i will be swe- just as sweaty as I am right now. To an empty room. And I would go, the Lord is going to bless you. The Lord is going to bring a blessing into your life. I feel a blessing coming your way. Do you feel it? We brought the hammond out. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Right? And I would do that. I would do that stuff. And and, and then I would hear a car close the door, and it was my pastor coming in, and I would go turn off the PA system and go grab a map, all sweaty, and he would know exactly what I was doing, right? But what I didn't know was that God was preparing me in a secret place so that later on I could go public with the preparation that nobody saw. Can I tell you, in this place right now, you are doing things that nobody can see. You've been practicing things that nobody can see. You've been praying in private, but God's about to expose it, and God's about to reveal it, because God will often hide you to prepare you. That's what he'll do. He'll hide you to prepare you. See, 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 what God wants to do is that look uh, according to the word of God in Psalms 32, verse 7, look what the Bible says. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. As we come out of this quarantine, as we, as we come out of the season of COVID 19, God wants to surround you with songs of deliverance. God wants you to permeate the atmosphere around you with songs of deliverance. He wants to show you that as you wait, you can praise. That as you wait, you can wait on God. Number two is God will develop you as you develop others. See, maybe I'm alone on this, maybe not. If, if I'm not alone on this, maybe you could speak back to me. But I've realized that when I've been broken... God has often brought broken people to me. And in bringing broken people to me, God has asked me to help restore them. And in helping them, and helping to restore them, God has restored me. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been sick and God says pray for healing for someone else? And all of a sudden God heals you. See, because what I've learned about God is that he will often develop you as you develop others. See, in verse 2 it says, And everyone who was in distress, everyone that was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. This is in the cave of Adalam. So he became captain over them, and there were about 400 men with him. Now, David is a broken man in this season. David is hiding for his own life in the season. But God doesn't leave him alone. God accompanies him with people that are going through the same thing he is. But they wouldn't stay that way. See, God will surround you with people, and it's up to you what happens to those people after it's all over. See, because you may not be surrounded with leadership, and sometimes when you're not surrounded with leadership, it's because God's calling you to be the leader. Ah, left me alone, mom. You left me alone, dad. You left me alone, husband or wife. You left me alone, single person. You see, sometimes you may not be surrounded with leadership, but it's because God has prepared a vacuum to prepare you so that you may be the leader. See, David was amongst people that were in distress and people that were in debt. But can I tell you that these people didn't stay that way? these people would later on become warriors and conquerors that would be a part of David's kingdom and government. Because it's not who surrounds you, it's how they come out of what you do with them. You see, God wants to take every loser around you and he wants you to make them into winners. That's true leadership right there. See, Alexander the Great was known for, he was a conqueror, of course, and we all know that, and he, he, he once said this, he said, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid of, of, of sheep that are led by a lion, I am afraid of lions that are led by a sheep. In other words, what happens when you stand your ground? What happens when all things fall apart? Will you stand up and will you lead your family? Will you stand up and lead your community? Will you stand up and lead in your church? Because God is calling a people that will develop others. And in developing others, God is going to take care of developing you. I really believe that with all my heart. Have you ever noticed how many times God won't give you an exit? Have you ever noticed how many times you want out of a situation and God doesn't give you a green light? And it's because God wants to leave you there. Because there's some things that God wants to sand out of you. There's a leader that I really love and I've been inspired by his leadership in the last few years. And he once told me, Manny, God wants to sand out some rough edges on you. And you may feel like you're ready, but God wants to smooth those areas those areas out because without those areas being smoothed out, you will not be functional for the use of God. And sometimes when we feel it's time to move on, God is saying, hit the brakes. And it's because God is still working some stuff in our heart and God is working some stuff in our mind. And God is allowing this season to prepare you for the next season. That's the beauty of it. Sometimes we're so focused on getting there that we lose focus on enjoying the journey. Sometimes we're so focused on the destination that we don't enjoy where we're at right now. I've been oftentimes on a plane and when it's delayed, I just start conversations with people. Just start talking with people. Right? Either the person in front of me or the person next to me. And usually what I do when I get on the plane because I have wide shoulders, the first thing I tell the person that's next to me, hey, half of the flight I have the armrest and then the other half you have the armrest. I have to do it, right, because I can't always fly first class, so I just start conversation right away. Hey, I'm going to get it the first time, and then you get the armrest for the rest of the time. Or if you need, for whatever reason, you need to use my shoulder to lay on, go ahead and do it. Just make sure you put a mint and just take care of that stuff, because I want to make sure everything is okay in my atmosphere. You know what I'm talking about. TMI, too much information. But can I tell you, people of God, that God is actually... What feels like a delay is actually training. It's actually preparation. It's all God working in your favor. Somebody say amen. Amen. And number three, God is preparing everything for your arrival. See, a plane that is circling and just going in circles in a holding pattern. It's not that the plane is not ready. It's not that the pilot is not ready to land that plane. It's that... Air traffic and the runway and that gate may not be ready for you yet. But can I tell you that when it's time to land, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. Passengers, put on your seatbelts. We're about to descend and we're about to land. The reason he can say that is because he spoke with traffic control. And traffic control has now given clearance to land that plane. See, after David would go through all of his trials, after those 13 years of waiting in the cave of Adullam, several things have happened. One of the things that happened is that King Saul has been defeated by the Philistines. His son Jonathan has died in the place of battle. And now Saul has also died in battle. And in chapter 1 of 2 Samuel, we see that David finds out that his king, that he loved and he honored, has died. And he mourns him because he loved Saul. And he cries over him because he loved Saul. Even though Saul was chasing to kill him, he loved Saul. And the Bible says in chapter 1 that David wrote a psalm and a song, and the song was called, Oh, How the Mighty Have Fallen. But once David mourned the king... Once David wrote a song about the king. In chapter 2, David cries out to God and he inquires upon the Lord. And he says this in 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1. It happened after this that David inquired of the Lord saying, Shall I go up to any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said to him, Go up. See, what I love about this is that just like a pilot. Flying to destiny, David inquires to traffic control in heaven and cries out to God and says, God, shall I go up to Judah? Is it my time? Is it my time to now leave out of this this place of wilderness? Is it my time to leave out of this time where I've been in retreat? And God says, go up. I could only imagine what David was going through at that moment. He's not only mourning his king; that he's not only mourning his father-in-law, but he's also mourning this man that he considered a leader. But also realizing that his time has come, that everything he had been waiting for since he was a teenager, now in, he is in, in, in his midlife, and now it, it is time for him to accomplish and to do what God has called him to do. And God simply says, "Go up." I want to speak to some people here that you've been inquiring upon the Lord. And you've been asking God, shall I go? Shall I go up? Shall I apply for the job? Should I call that girl? Should I call that guy? Hallelujah. God is saying go. It's time. But you can only receive the go of God if you've gone through a season of waiting. See, it's, it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't about you. This whole time. Sometimes the weight can be so focused on us. And sometimes while God is preparing you and I internally, God is actually preparing people to receive you. See, so you may feel like you are the wife that some man needs, but that man's not ready yet. He's still playing with video games. In fact, let me, let me do it. Let me give a little marriage counseling here. The Bible says he that finds a good wife finds a good thing, which lets me know this. Before you get married, you need to already be acting like a wife. Do you you hear what I said? The Bible says he that finds a good wife, not a good, good woman. He that finds a good wife. That means you've been training for that man already. But it's not just that that woman preparing for that man or that man. It's also that man must be ready. That husband must be ready for that woman. And sometimes we're like, God, where is she? Or God, where is he? And God is still preparing them. You may feel ready, but they're not ready yet. They got quiet in this Presbyterian church. That's relationships. Can I tell you? You may feel like you're ready for that job, but can I tell you that job's not ready for you yet. You may feel ready for to start that business, but the bank is not ready to approve you yet. Ah, I'm trying to help somebody. You see, it takes the right person at the loan office to, to give you the favor you need so that you can be approved. And sometimes it's not you, it's just the right people are not where they need to be for your arrival And that's the frustrating thing about life because you feel like you're ready. You feel like you're ready to go. You feel like you're ready to land and God says not yet. Can I tell you that when that happens, you may feel like you're forgotten. I want to speak to some people. You may feel like you are forgotten because you're crying out to God, can I go, can I go. And God's not speaking back to you. Can I tell you more, you may feel more than forgotten. You may feel forsaken. Pastor Manny, what's the difference between forgotten and forsaken? Let me explain. For to forget someone is to accidentally oversee them. To forsake someone is to intentionally oversee them. Can I tell you this? People may forget you. People may forsake you. But God will never forsake you. Come on, you can give it to God today. Here's how I know God will never forsake you. The reason I know God will never forsake you is because 2,000 years ago, the Son of God was nailed to a cross, and he was put on a holding pattern. And while he was hung and put on a holding pattern, he said a few words, and he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, the father forsook his son because the father could not see all of that sin on his son. So he intentionally overlooked his son so that one day he will never have to overlook you and I. I need somebody to help me in this place. God will never forsake you. God will never forget you. You may be in a holding pattern. But you are not forgotten by God. That's good news for you today. God's holding patterns are all preparation because the story doesn't end at the cross. We know that on the third day he rose and the spirit of God in all a glorified body was on him. And we have resurrection power within us today because of what happened 2,000 years ago. Can I tell you more about a holding pattern as I close? In this era of grace and dispensation, we are in a holding pattern. As we are in this season of grace and dispensation, you may be asking, what is that? Well, that's. The time between the cross and resurrection and where we are today where grace has abounded for all of humanity through way of the Holy Spirit. The reason we gather even here right now is because of his grace and the fact that the Jews don't only have to worship God, the Gentiles like you and I can also receive and worship him. It's because we've been put in this holding pattern. So the day where, in the blinking of an eye, the skies will open and Jesus will come and we will be caught up with him and we will go to heaven with him. While we wait, we wait. While we wait, we prepare. So I say what Isaiah says in Isaiah 40, verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and they shall not faint. See in the waiting seasons of my life, I had to read this verse over and over and look at what it means to wait. And waiting in the in the Hebrew is the, it's a it's a Hebrew word which means to bind together. It, it's to braid together like a rope. You see, in your waiting season, it's not like waiting in the lobby to see the dentist, where you got a bunch of magazines and you get to look at you know Morid Povich on TV. It's not that. That's not the waiting season, while you're watching Jerry Springer to go into the doctor's office. It's not a lobby of waiting. God's waiting season is that while you wait, you wait. Oh, y'all didn't get it. Y'all already hungry for some Wendy's spicy chicken. God's waiting season is that while you wait, you wait. That while you wait for what God's going to do with you, you serve others Because in serving others, God is braiding every experience and putting it together so that when it's your time, you got a rope you can hang on to. So can I tell you that in this season, it is not a waste. Nothing that God does is a waste. I was telling my wife as we were coming to church this morning, and I closed, you could get the keys so that people can get their hearts softened with slow music and sad music so that people could come to the altar. I've been in church my whole life. I know how it works. (laughs) Can I tell you that I was telling my wife that as we were getting ready to come to church, I said, babe, do you remember when we were youth pastors and we would have these team meetings with our youth? And look what God has done in the last 15 years. How we went from meeting in a small Sunday school class, teaching youth how to be leaders and how God could just put us in front of so many people because nothing that we do for God is wasted. When we use our time for things that don't matter, that may be wasted, but what we do for God and what we do for the kingdom, that is never wasted. And I wanted to just speak this word into your life that it may feel like a holding holding pattern, but get ready because when you arrive, you will arrive safe and you will be well welcomed because the right people are in the right place to receive you. So I want to speak into... Some people that are watching online or maybe you're here right now. You may feel like you've been in a hold. You may feel like you've been in this waiting season. You may feel like, man, life just doesn't make sense. I want to speak to people that you've heard of this guy named Jesus, but you've never experienced him. Just this past week, one of my neighbors that we just moved, Mimi and I and my kids, we just moved into a new house. And I saw one of my neighbors walking on his lawn. He was... He's probably watching right now, and you know who I'm talking to, because I asked him to watch today's service. And he was walking barefoot on his grass, and he was looking up in the sky. And I was bringing my trash can into the garage, and I said, what is he doing? But I just minded my business, and I started going in, and he called. He said, Manny, come here. And I walked over. He says, Manny, can you do one of those prayer things that you do in church? I said, I can. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm just out here connecting with nature and trying to connect with God. And you know, he was walking barefoot on his grass. He was trying to find a connection to God. And I said, "Well, let's let's pray." He said, "Well, I can't go to church now." I said, "We don't got to go to a building. We could pray right here." He said, "You mean like right here? Right here?" I said, "Yeah, we could pray right here." I said, "What are we praying for?" He said, "In all of my life, I've never been laid off. And for the first time in my life, I don't have a job." And I was planning on staying in this job till I retired five years from now. But now I don't know what to do. And I said, well, we could pray for that. We could ask God for that. I said, but before we pray, do you have Jesus in your heart? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? He said, well, I grew up going to church and I prayed to Mary. And, but, but I know who he is. I've seen him on TV, you know, through movies and stuff. I said, no, no, do you have him? Do you know him? He said, no, no, I, I don't. I said, would you like to know him? He says, again, man, I don't have time to go to church and confess. I said, you don't have to, com- you don't have to go to a building and co- confess. We can pray right now. He says, then let's do it. And I, I let him in a sinner's prayer. He gave his life to Jesus. <clears throat> and this is what I'm trying to say with this. God will allow a holding pattern just so you can have an encounter with him. And you may be watching and you may be in this place right now, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And it's because God has put roadblocks and God has closed out your traffic control so that you can finally know him. And you can accept him as your only and exclusive savior today. You can say, Jesus, I, wanna, I want you in my life. I want to make a decision to follow you. I want you to write my name in the book of life. And we're going to do that prayer in just a moment. But there may be people here that are faithful in tithing, faithful in serving faithful in being a part of this church, and you just feel like things are working and going against the grain and going from bad to worse. I want to speak to you and tell you that God has set you up into a holding pattern. And what you think is a setback is actually a setup. God is pulling you back like an arrow, and he's about to launch you further than what you've ever thought before. It just doesn't make sense right now, but it's all going to work out in your favor. So as we go into prayer, and I ask all of you to stand with me right now, we're going to pray that as we come out of this COVID season, as we come out of this season of social injustice, that we're going to see the church rise bigger and greater than ever before. I believe that as the world gets darker, the church shines brighter. Every opportunity that God is giving us in this season is for revival to break out in every city and for every church to shine bright with the love of Jesus in this time. So I just want to tell you, you can have hope in your holding pattern. And God is going to do something amazing in your life. If you can bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm going to ask the ushers to please do not open those doors yet because there is some life decisions that are happening right now. I say that with love and grace, I really believe that sometimes we're in a rush to go nowhere. And this is the moment where life and death is happening. This is where big decisions of eternity are happening right now. So I want to do a call for those that are watching online and for those that are here right now, the first call I want to give is for a call of salvation. You may have heard of Jesus. You may have seen Jesus of Nazareth on TV. You may have watched him in movies. You may have seen him on some kind of commercial. God is speaking directly to you. And I want you to say this prayer with me. And we could all say it all together. Lord, I have decided to follow you. I accept you as my exclusive savior. I receive you as my redeemer. Now, please write my name in the book of life. And Holy Spirit, enter into my heart. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. We believe if you said that prayer, you are a newborn believer in Christ Jesus. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening, and God bless.